Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I wish we could come back, and I've been gone all week uh, in Washington, D.C., and thanks to the guys for filling in for me. But I wish I could have come back and said, wow, what a week we had. And unfortunately, we're on the opposite side of that. And it's more of a wow, what an interesting week we had. Uh, today was uh, definitely a negative down to the day, except on the livestock side, we did see a little bit of mixed money, but a lot of struggles taking place in our grain complex today. We're going to dive into what those factors are, what we're going to see in the week ahead, and not to mention the fact that we've got some freeze warnings out there for this weekend. So cool temperatures coming when folks are just trying to get the planting done. PJ Conrad joins us today with trade-offs. And I think we got to start out first with the weather, PJ. You know, we had some decent temperatures. We got some moisture in. So we get that spring optimism, and then the cold weather hits. Yeah, it's like the uh, things you see online that say Nebraska, you get the uh, fake spring, and then you get a little bit of spring, and then you get another fake winter, and then you're finally to spring for about five, day, or, you know, five days, and then it's summer, and that's what it feels like. We're in some sort of uh, um, fake winter here coming on, just colder weather this weekend, windy, you name it. And like you said, get back below freezing for a while, and that's not any fun uh doesn't do us any help to try to get planting going or, you know, if you got some stuff planted, doesn't make you feel real good about what's in the ground. But it's par for the course this time of year. You know, I think if you look actually at uh, Nebraska, at least southeast Nebraska, kind of Lincoln area, our uh, last freeze date's usually around the 20th, and here we are the 21st, going to get one. So not ideal. I think you look really, though, and, and there's some chances of rain early next week, and then beyond that, uh, some more decent weather. So... You know, this week and, and early next week, you're probably not going to get a whole or see a whole lot of planning progress. But I guess everyone I've talked to feels like they're in a pretty good spot um, when the weather does uh, make it right. They'll be able to start knocking out acres pretty quick. And so, yeah, you'll be eyeing down uh, beginning of May next week. But that being said, you probably get a lot planted uh, <clears throat> the next two weeks just due to the weather being nicer and the calendar telling you you need to if ever there was optimism though it's the pictures that are popping up on twitter for example that are showing those early stages of corn uh just popping out of the ground even though cold temperatures are coming there's still that that hope that we'll have a decent crop this year oh most definitely i think you know just in general from a marketing standpoint you have to assume a normal crop until it's not and i know that's easy to say but that's what trade's going to do it's hard you know you take central nebraska or kansas or really most of nebraska um severely dry pivots kind of running some spots it's just a horrible start from a, a moisture standpoint so any rain we can get be you know very welcomed obviously um i think guys obviously are fearful it could be a long long summer if you got to fire up irrigation before you plant and then have to get uh do that all summer so hopefully mother nature mother nature gives us uh, a nudge in the right direction but still i you know every year there's always something that uh, we're either late planted or uh, you know or late frost or i remember probably 10 years ago now you get a snow on mother's day um relatively speaking it seems like we usually bounce out of those all right and come back and still raise a decent crop and so you have to assume that from a marketing standpoint and assume the markets are factoring that in, and man, they've really taken a tumble this week. Well, as we see the the, the tumble back, especially looking at the corn, for example, is that going to give a possible boost to this ethanol market? You would sure hope so. I think a possible boost to the ethanol market. Um, also, just demand in general. I mean, whether that be export demand, it, you know, a lot of this though, 
um, is coming probably on the back that there's a lot of fears of us importing corn and importing soybeans just due to the cheapness of the South American crop. Um, so you're seeing a lot of spillover of that, of what does this all look like if we get, you know, in the southeastern and eastern parts of the U.S. and we can import a bunch that's a lot cheaper than trying to source it from the Midwest. And that's, you know, unfortunately, you know, you're in a world market. And so you can say we're tight supplies, we're tight supplies. Well, when trains keep running out of the, you know, central part of the Midwest because we're actually importing corn, that changes the dynamics quite a bit. Um you know, on one hand, it's good because I guess you don't have to worry about running out of uh, commodity and feed stuff. On the other hand, it's bad for prices because we know we can go source it somewhere else. Uh, but, you know, there's with every uh, negative, there's a positive, right? Uh, I think cattle feeders would tell you, too, it'd be nice to have some cheaper feed out there, too. And so ethanol is probably happy that they get the opportunity to maybe buy corn a little bit cheaper. But that being said, uh, you've seen rail values back off like 15 cents this week. And ethanol, that really isn't shown in the ethanol markets. I do think you look at uh, central Nebraska or just central uh, kind of the corn belt, and we're tight enough stocks. They can't rail it in, and it, a lot of it sits in the farmer's hands, and the farmer really probably at this point is pretty content to wait to either see a price that triggers them to sell it, whether that's, you know, 725 or 750 or just the sheer logistics of it's July or August, I have to get this out because harvest is coming. But they're most likely, by and large, waiting for uh, one of the two triggers to happen. And so I do think there's going to be some optimism around basis in the ethanol sector still. And it's early. I mean, like we just said, the the planning uh, situation can change pretty quick as well, uh, to the good and the bad. Maybe we get a good two weeks and then if it were to get wet or what have you in different parts of the uh, corn belt, that changes the dynamics pretty quick. Definitely we're not going to see any surprises come Monday's crop progress report, that's for sure. No, and actually, you know, coming in a couple percent lower last week, you know, I'm guessing we didn't get a whole lot planted this week, so we'll be behind pace. I don't know if trade cares right now. You know, they probably care more in uh, two to three weeks about where we are planted-wise. Um, but that's just the reality of it because I think everybody knows, and, and farmers in general know this too, it doesn't take many days anymore with the equipment. You're going to get a lot of acres planted very fast. Very much so. Well, stick around, folks. we got a lot more to look at from a grain perspective before we look at the livestock. It's the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we're here to help you stay one step ahead during the coming growing season. Fontenelle offers personal service and expert advice that comes from knowing local conditions. Agronomic support. We give you the agronomic tools to help you make informed decisions every step of the way. And if you're still making seed decisions, your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer has a good supply of locally proven varieties. Fontenelle, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad with Trados. We were talking about the weather on the front half, and I know that many folks are keeping an eye on what's happening with this winter wheat. Even the moisture that's that they're getting right now might be a little bit too late. But then uh, from a global perspective, I didn't know how dry it was getting in Russia right now and was very surprised to find out their spring wheat belt is definitely doing some suffering. Yeah, I mean, the whole wheat complex is interesting, and really it's hung in there pretty well. 
um, versus, say, corn and soybeans this week, even on Friday today. You know, it's like wheat was down, uh, what, a penny, give or take, and, and you had corn, July corn down 11. And so <clears throat> I think the wheat definitely makes the conversation more interesting to the tune of what happens with corn and soybeans, just to the fact that, like you said, there's a lot of problems uh, domestically and globally. I guess the question is, I always think it's hard. Um, what is a good price or what's a fair price on wheat today? Uh, we're coming off such highs last summer of 1210 was, you know, one of the highs on this July 23 contract. And so you look at that chart and you think, well, are we really going to get back to 10? Yeah, even where we were last fall, it's hard to think we will, but we've had horrible conditions in, in the winter wheat belt to think we're going to have any kind of decent crop in the U.S. So <clears throat> you do wonder how much trade has that factored in, and that's always a wild card because it seems like that's what happens. We get some of that factored in, and it's not really a surprise. And just overall, I mean, the markets in general were not uh, friendly post-Wednesday this week. Today was May uh, option expiration as well, so I don't know if some of that played into it. You got the export stuff, uh, funds kind of hitting the door on some things. I think just the general fears, we're finding the negatives in the market to talk about, not the positives, um, which is fine. I mean, it is what it is. If you look technically at a lot of these charts, um, whether it be July corn, Deese corn, or soybeans, it would appear from a, like a momentum-type standpoint – we have a better chance of trending lower before we trend back higher or at least chopping sideways. And so, you know, the conversation I've been having with clients is where are we sold at? How do we feel about it? And if we wake up in 30 days and our opportunity is 550, uh, how do we feel about selling that? And how do we feel about, uh, how's our stomach feel through the next 30 days if we don't get that opportunity to make any more sales and say we're 30 to 40% sold going into that um, that's kind of where your mind's got to be just because, you know, if we were to get off to a decent start, uh, maybe we don't trickle a ton lower, but maybe we chop sideways. And uh, you start chopping sideways at 550 again, and that's pretty frustrating when you spent uh, a good chunk of time pre, you know, February 15th at 590, and now you're grasping for straws to get back to that level. But I think the Dakotas will be a worry, are, and will continue to be a worry of when they can get planted and how wet it's going to be. Um, there's always something, right? Every year we get some sort of uh, run. You know, if you really look back the last 15 years, you could say maybe 2012. Um, if you were sitting here today, 2012 did nothing but grind lower into, say, about June 20th, and then obviously the drought fierce uh, became truce and really took off then on its run from, you know, 550 at that point to 850. Um, not that I think we're going to do anything but grind lower. I think my general thought process on this market is if you can hold on and you don't have to do anything uh, definitive to your sales right now, um, if you're worried about the downside, look at some sort of option play there, but more so hang tight, uh, Years, even where we don't get higher or high, so to speak, we get similar opportunities that we did, say, you know, right around that March 31st report, February pricing time frame. So to bring that to context where we are today, I guess it'd be somewhat crazy to think we won't have a chance at seeing something in the 585 to 595 range. 
Now, do you want to hold all your chips and wait for that? I don't think that's necessarily a good idea. I think you want to layer in some sales on the way up and to try to achieve that average because we'll overreact one way or another. But uh, what the catalyst, what is going to be the catalyst? I mean, we're still in a drought in the West, no doubt. Um, Iowa's catching some good rains, but I think everybody knows, you know, one hot, dry June forecast and any kind of realization of that really makes this market uh, get pretty jumpy because reality is even worldwide we still have somewhat of a stock problem um, and also you know domestically the fear is we keep adding to the carryout right our exports are been poor so unless China steps in and gets us caught up um, we could potentially add to this year's carryout um, some of the stuff I've thought that was probably uh, favorable or supportive is more you're going to get more prevent plant acres and achieving a 181 yield uh, today what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you pj um you can call us at 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media platform at tradeoffs llc all right that is today's fontanelle final bell as we always remind you commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors that's the fontanelle final bell being brought to you by fontanelle hybrids and all your local dealers check it out as a podcast wherever you subscribe for your free podcast that's the fontanelle final bell right here on the rural radio network